love of Christ to everyone that walks through these doors. I don't care who you are. You get a fresh new chance when you walk through those doors. And God will use that. God loves each and every one of you, and he wants to change your life if you choose to allow him. So I have three things today, three different kinds of people. One is some people just come to see what's happening. Two, some keep people come with expectations on how God is going to heal them and don't realize God has other plans. I heard an ew. <laughs> and some people come to be healed. Amen? Amen? Number one, some people just come to see what's happening. You know, not everyone that walks through our door loves Jesus. Some of them can come in here pretty cranky. Sometimes they want to prove us wrong. We have all sorts of people that walk through that door. And we need to make each and every one of them feel special. We need to be here to draw them into a relationship with Jesus. You know, I, I get tickled. This was years ago. And I remember there was a family that wanted to go to church. And they drove in thinking they were at the Baptist church. Their wrong address. And they walked in and they've never left. Amen. Praise God. That's what we need to do. Not that, okay, if they need to go to the Baptist, I'm, I'm, not, I'm all for it. But God wanted them here, and God has just busted loose in their life. Amen. We need to welcome people to the hope. And here's an opportunity to help those coming in by having a friendly smile and welcoming people with open arms. I've heard from several of you that's one of the things that kept you coming as you felt like you were loved, you felt like someone cared. And we do care, but we need everybody. If you're sitting in that pew today, make sure that you say hi to those on your right and your left and see what's going on in their lives. Even smile. <laughs> Some of us have a hard time smiling. I know Pastor Norm's one of them. Man, you don't want to meet that guy before he's had his coffee in the morning. He gets a little cranky. But I love him. And once he's had his coffee, he's pretty good. And sometimes what he's thinking, his face doesn't match. He's got like a... And so when we go to the store and things now, he'll kind of shake his head when he goes in and he does this. Because <laughs> he knows his face doesn't show how he's really feeling. We need to put that face on. Not that it's fake, but people need to see a friendly face. People need to know you genuinely care. And I know um, I'm going to keep going back to our experience this week in the ER. So we walk into this ER, and I don't know what you call them, intake nurse, whatever they were. Woo! I nicknamed her the Gestapo. <laughs> Wow, did she have attitude. Man, she was no frills. Boop, boop, get this done like that. And honestly, we were in the waiting room for four hours. And you could hear everything. You knew everything that was going on with each person that walked in. And I went, oh, God, I just want to get up and pray for people. I just want to get up and pray for people. But I felt like I didn't want to hurt their privacy either. But I knew God was moving and showing me something. It was so sad because if she just had a little compassion, it might have made things smoother. But it got so bad. I mean, 
I know Pastor Norm was in a lot of pain, so I really wasn't talking with him, so I was just observing. And this poor guy went up. He, I don't know how long he'd been there. And he says, excuse me, do you mind if I just go get something to eat? No, you can't eat or drink anything till you're in a room. And I looked over to the lady next to me. I said, ooh, it's just like on Friends, the soup Nazi. No soup for you. <laughs> and so the rest of the time, every time, so, no soup for you. But that was just such an experience to see so many hurting people so many that wanted answers, and they weren't getting it. I mean, they were sitting around with IVs in their arms because they couldn't get into rooms and da-da-da-da-da. Times have changed. We need to start healing people. So when we got into the room... The ER doctor didn't have very, a very good bedside manner either. I'm sure he was right. But he's like, well, what are you doing here? Why are you here? And I'm like, well, we just felt like, you know. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. And then the nurse came in, and he set the IV up, and he was so sweet. He goes, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm sorry you've had to wait. Made all the difference in the world, just showing a little compassion. So... When you come into church, be prayed up. When you come into church, someone starts to gnarl at you, just realize they need compassion. That is the first thing. We are here because some people just want to see what's happening here. We need to make people feel special because they are. Being part of the hospitality and the greeters is the first step at our church to make people feel wanted and comfortable. And I know Cheryl, she's probably out and about already, but she does an awesome job, doesn't she? And Phil and our team, they are working their tails off. And they need you just to come alongside them and go elbow to elbow with them and help them out. It's not that long that you have, you know, it's, a, it's an awesome ministry. So if, you, if you're praying and you're thinking, Lord, what can I do? There you go. There's one area. Um, the other thing is, is we need to start reaching out with each other. And I can share this. When we were first born again and started going to Pastor Dave's church at Mount Hope in Lansing years ago, like 30-plus years ago, Pastor Dave was sitting in there, and he was sharing a message, and he said, you know what? Today, find somebody you don't know and ask them out for lunch. I went, we never do anything like that. And we looked at this as a young couple sitting right next to him. We introduced ourselves, said, would you like to go to lunch? And we did. You know, they have been lifelong friends ever since. Amen. We watched their, they watched our kids. We watched their kids. Our kids watched their grandkids. And he, John Felpos, was instrumental in us getting this bus. So they have been lifelong friends and we've never felt any, we always feel super close, even though we're miles away. So maybe today, look for somebody. You don't have to take them to lunch, but at least introduce yourself and get to know somebody you don't know. It's always fun to know those that you do, but maybe you can meet someone. Step out of your comfort zone and meet someone you've never met and get to know them. Number two. Some people come with expectations on how God is going to heal them and don't realize God has other plans. You know, have you ever heard, 
probably not, but I've, I've heard people that have come to the altar and they tell me what's wrong, but then they'll say, God can't do anything about it. Exactly. But they already come with that expectation. Well, I think God needs to heal this, but don't let them touch my other stuff. They come with expectations. It's not easy. But God has other plans. And there is a story in the Old Testament that I love, so I'm going to read it word for word, and it's in 2 Kings chapter 5, 1 through 14. And it's the story of the servant girl and Naaman and leprosy. Now Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now you have to realize, in the Old Testament, her doing that could have caused her a lot of harm. The servants weren't usually allowed to speak, but she spoke up. She had boldness, and all she did was make a suggestion. Now Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you so that you may cure him of his leprosy. As soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robe and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me? So the king's gotten defensive because he got this letter. Now, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elijah's house. Elijah sent a messenger to him to say, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in anger. See, he wasn't doing it the way that Naaman thought he would. That's a lot of pride, isn't it? We need to get the pride out of our life. We need to come to God expecting God to do whatever he wants with whomever he wants. Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. That's quite a story. 
to make sure you keep yourself in check, that you're not too good for God. And he was just so angry that it wasn't the way he thought it should go down. But that servant, again, being very bold, started questioning him about his healing. Would you have gone if he had told you it was this or that, some great thing? And I think Naaman finally realized that he needed to do what the prophet said and was healed. You know, we've had in the past, people get upset with us because we send somebody to the hospital to pray with them and we don't go as pastors. Well, why didn't the pastor come and pray for us? Well, believe me, sometimes you want somebody else to pray for you other than us. Sometimes we don't flow in that anointing like some other people do. Can you see the example? When you get like that and say, well, he didn't come pray for me, somebody else did. Well, don't you think God can move through other people? Because if you're waiting for us, I'm sorry, we're going to let you down. We can't be everywhere all the time. And honestly, like I said, I know I love prayer. I love worship. But I know my niche is not praying. I last about 10 minutes, and I'm like, we done yet? We done yet? We done yet? And then you got somebody going, on. you done yet? And I know it's important, but that's just, I try. And I love the Lord, and I pray. Wouldn't you rather have somebody whose niche is a prayer warrior and has a healing touch? So remember that. We all are his hands and feet, and we need all of you to step up and be these warriors. But what if we don't see a difference when we pray? How many have had that? I know I have. You pray for something, you got the mighty holy thing going, yeah, you're going to bust their chops, you're going to get them, they're going to jump up and be healed. And you're going, be healed, be healed, and nothing. Oh, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. You feel like you failed, but you can never feel like that. You see, God has his own way. He's going to do it his way. And one of my examples that I learned a while back ago is my great aunt who loved Jesus. I think I shared several weeks ago, she's the one that got saved at Pastor Norman and I when we got baptized. And she ate the Bible. She studied the Bible. She got speakers and she, she wore out Pastor Dave's tapes. She would call and get the same cassette tape over and over. She would listen to it so much. But she had some kind of stomach ailment. And to find out later, it was cancer. But she went to every evangelist healer she could think of. She traveled to Ohio, and she lived in Florida. She went all over Florida. She went to Atlanta. She went to Oklahoma, getting in prayer lines to be healed. And I remember her coming and staying with my mom and her going to our healing services at Mount Hope and Lansing. And I knew God was going to heal her. I had the faith that God station of that her. And you know what? I never saw the physical manifestation of that healing. It broke my heart at first. It was like, God, why? She had no sin. She was so pure before you. How come you couldn't have touched her? Guess what? It's not our place to ask questions. Our place is to have the faith that someone will get healed. 
Even though my aunt never saw her physical healing, I know that God did miracles in her. God spiritually had her. Wow, she was amazing. So even if we don't see it or feel it, we're still to have that faith that God heals. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes you think, why? Why? But our job is to trust and believe that God is moving in our lives. God says not to doubt. James 1.6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever tell us to go by our feelings. Well, if you feel like praying, then pray. If you feel like not doing anything, it never, you show me where it says we go by our feelings. It doesn't. We have to think with our spirit man, not our head. You don't give up. I always say you don't give up until there's nothing left to give up. And trust me, I've been in situations where they go, oh, I'll never forget it. I was doing hospital visits, and there was a lady. It was her dying. She had like one or two more days before she was supposed to die. And I had gone in there, and I was praying that God would bring her up from that bed. And the family was in there. And when I left, the ICU nurse said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure, what's up? She goes, you know, this family needs to be prepared for this lady's death. I said, well, that's not mine. I know what God can do. God can heal her. Well, you're giving them a false hope. Can you just prepare them? I said, I'm not feeling it. I'm sorry. And so came back the next day. I prayed for healing. The next day, the lady came out of it, and two days later, she walked out of that hospital totally whole. God never, you never know. You never give up hope with what's going on. It's so important. Thank you, Jesus. Never give up. And don't make excuses. It's okay not to see what you think it's supposed to be. But you, I won't. This is my thing. I won't ever give up until it's done. And I believe that with all my heart. Now, number one is some people just see, want to see what's happening here. Some people have expectations. And then some people want to be healed. Woo! Yes, that's my favorite. Seeing people coming in pumped for Jesus. I love it when people walk through the door expecting a miracle. They're so pumped and ready. When those who need healing come through the doors, what are we supposed to do? Believe. Believe with them. We need to believe that God will work through us. God shows us in the word that we have the power to heal. Look at yourself and say, I have the power to heal. Not just the staff and the pastors. You have that power. Let me show you in the word. Mark 16, 16 through 17 says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not harm them at all. 
and they will place their hands on the sick, and they will get well. In Mark 16, it says, those that believe will be able to do these things in Jesus' name. It didn't say those who go to seminary or those who are chosen. It says those who believe, and that's you. Isn't that amazing? You have that power. You just need to stir it up and start using it. Pray for those around you. When you're walking through a store and God puts on your heart to pray for someone, then be bold and go pray for them. I know it's hard. I know it. You know, you might be told to get lost. But that's like 1% of people who are so appreciative for the prayer. And you might get to see a healing right there and then. Or maybe you have a, a co-worker that needs healing from God. Go for it. Wherever you're at, always ask God to use you. Acts 5, 12 through 16 says, The apostles, which if the apostles did it, we need to do it, right? The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were in the Lord, highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on the beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the town around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits. And all of them were healed. Don't you want a ministry when you just walk by somebody, whoosh, they're healed? That takes a lot of prayer and dedication. I want it. Just heal. I want to see people falling on the left and the right. That would be awesome. God wants to move like that in your life, but you've got to choose to allow him to use you. Now, I have a story, and I asked asked Michael today if he'd mind if I shared it. Uh, he's been home with his dad the last few weeks. And I was watching the security cameras. I was preparing, and I saw him walking around, and all of a sudden I had this flashback of him being a little kid. Michael hasn't changed much. He's just gotten really tall and big. (laughs) And back then I was doing children's ministry. And whenever Michael could, he would come in on Sunday mornings and would sit in the altar on children's, in the children's room, and pray for the service, pray for the kids. He was a prayer warrior. He prayed and he prayed. Do you remember that, Michael? Oh, yes, ma'am, I love it. (laughs) I think, wow, God's touched his life with a healing touch and being a prayer warrior. And there was one point that Mike was in the hospital and he wasn't doing well. And and Michael was up there and he was pacing the hallway praying. And he saw a woman in the waiting room crying. I mean, Michael was just in grade school. And he went up to her and he goes, do you need some prayer? And she shared with him how her husband was dying. And he goes, well, let's pray about it. And he, and he bent down beside her and he prayed that God would heal her husband. And the next day she came running down to him and said, He's healed. He's healed. God uses anyone that's willing to be a vessel. 
And that's why it's so important, parents, that you have your kids down in children's ministry. Anytime we have something, they should be in here learning how to pray, being mentored by those that are doing that ministry. Michael, I know God has a ministry that he's unfolding in your life. I could just feel it. God wants to use you in a mighty way. Don't neglect that call. All of you, don't neglect the call. You can sit there and say, but I can't do it. It's just, I, I'm too broken. Oh, you're never too broken. Just like the servant girl with Naaman, do you think she didn't feel broken? Did you, don't you think she felt worthless? She was just a servant. She was a slave. But she gave life-giving advice to someone who made a difference. And that someone is you because it's in the word of God. It's for you. Each one of us has that potential inside of us to do something for God. We are the hospital. I don't know anything about hospitals. I don't like being there. But this is a different hospital. And we're going to get to see God do great and mighty things. You know, it's important that our church family gets serious about the move of the Lord. We need all hands on deck to save and heal those that are coming to this church. And, you know, that's why we have classes here. We have pace-setting leadership. We have intercessory prayer. We have frontline ministries that's just getting off the ground. And we're going to teach how to be an altar worker. We're going to teach how to be a prayer warrior. We're going to teach you how to be a hospital we want our church family equipped to do the work. Together we can start reaching those that need Jesus. Amen? Amen. I see a lot of head shaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I want to see you in the next few weeks doing something about it. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, in conclusion, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When we start seeing those around us, that are wanting more from Jesus, then we need to just jump into action. We are the hospital for the people that enter our doors from the minute they get here till the minute they go out the doors. There are people who are come believing. There are people that come with their own ideas, expecting. And then there are people who don't have a clue, but they're coming. And God wants to see all of them saved and healed. I want you to look around. Maybe that person next to you needs a gentle touch or a smile. Just somebody that cares. Maybe you need the same thing. So I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus today. Maybe some of you have never even accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's step number one, to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. And maybe you feel like you're such a mess or you've screwed up so bad that Jesus can't ever forgive you. That's not true. He never runs from you. He never walks away. You run away and walk away. So turn around. Make Jesus your hero today. 
Make Jesus the king of your life. So if you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you feel like you've messed up so bad with your walk with Christ, you need to start over, guess what? You get to do that too. I love it because every day is a new day with the Lord. Amen? Amen? So I want you just right now to bow your heads. And in either one of those situations, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I see those hands. Praise God. Okay, you can put your hands down. Let's just, as a family, pray that prayer of salvation so that those who raise their hands can have a brand new start. We just say, Father God, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And on the third day you rose. And now I have a place in heaven with you. Forgive me of my sins. Turn my life around. From this moment forward, help me to keep my eyes on you. And Jesus, thank you for loving me just the way I am. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you and have an awesome day.